Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. Lost Talk Radio.
Okay, I was having a little te- technical problem, but I think I got them straightened out now. Well, welcome to the Truth to Power show. My name is Beverly D. And tonight we have Sister Seta, a set. Excuse me, I'm still having technical problems. Now she's working on uh, bringing her books to the movie. And so her books, to me, is in the category of The Matrix and The Terminator. So very uh, good writing here. Let me see if I... Sister Seta, are you there? Can you hear me? Hello, Sister. Can you hear me, Sister Bev? Yes, I can hear you. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you? I see we're having some technical difficulties, but I think everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good, good. Excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. So um, you want to uh, kind of bring us up to speed on what's been going on, do your um, disclaimer, and we are on the second book. The first book that you uh, had read was, what was the name of that one? It was called Bright Light. We introduced uh, Femi to the world. She was the bright light. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. so now we're the second one. It's called. Okay. Go ahead. The Gathering of the oh, Vanguard. The, right. We're in the Gathering of the Vanguard. And uh, I think we're on part 84 right now, The Pursuit, but if you want to go back and kind of recap some of 85, that would be good because we're doing, what it is, we're doing a countdown. It's a countdown to whatever's about to happen in the future. So that's how these, mm-hmm. that's how these novels go. Okay. So that's what we're doing. So the disclaimer is, it's a bunch of jargon, but, you know, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a bunch of stuff. But anyway, I just want to say this is what I want to say first and foremost. Um, This is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, These are fictional, non-fictional novels. It is fiction built around the truth. truth. I just wanted everyone to know that. Some of this stuff you can go and look up uh, on the Internet and do some research on. But when you hear it, you will understand and know what is what is the real and what is you know the fiction? But it's a lot of it right. in here. It is it is it is nonfiction. Yeah, right. So uh, in part eighty five, uh, what it, what happened was um, she finally made it back home with her people, with her family, and she had dropped off the brother that she was telling you know, the situation, what was going on. And he accepted that, and he was ready to learn everything that he needed to know to further his uh, understanding and further his enlightening uh, situation into this, what we're living in now, this nightmare, actually, what we're living in now, this matrix. 
So he was ready to learn everything he needed to know to go to the next level. So that's what they're doing right now. So she left him with the dog on. And now, who uh-huh. does him? Go ahead. I mean, what, what, what does he do? Who are you talking about? Zuri. We're talking about okay. we're talking about Zuri. Uh, he worked for the president. His father worked for the president, and basically, he didn't know who he was and the type of power that he has until you know the sister brought it to his attention. So now he's more inclined. At first, he was skeptical. So now he's more inclined to follow his sister because you know hmm. she knows she knows what's going on. So she's enlightening him, and so he's ready to follow her. He's ready to get on her bandwagon. She was always ready to get on his because, you know, she she wants this man to get it, you know, to come into her life so they can be as one to get this together. Okay. Mm -hmm, To go to this next level. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and that seems like what's going on uh, here in the now because. Hello. Some people are yeah. realizing. Can you hear me? Yes, I Hello? can now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello. Some people are realizing. Uh-huh. Some people are realizing uh, that they do have powers and they are tapping into them and using them. And uh, this, you know, and it a lot of times it's, it started with the female and it's taken the female uh, to activate some of these powers. You know, even though they have the fake feminine. That's here, but uh, the fake is never going to be able to overpower or take up the place of the original. That's correct. That's correct. And and another thing, we all need to work as a hive mind. We need to come together mm-hmm. as man and woman, female and male, to make this yeah. work. We shouldn't. We should not ever be apart from one another. It takes us both to uh, go into the future and change this thing around. Because that's, so that's what's happening with them. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's like two pieces. You know how you see the, the heart and you, and you put it both pieces together and it makes a whole. But even with our bodies, you know, on one side of our body is the masculine side. On the other side is the feminine side. You've got to have both of those energies because that's where we are. Exactly. And it is, and, and female and female and male and male is just not going to work. No. It is, that is not work. what nature intended. That is not what the universe mm-hmm. intended. It tended mm-hmm. to be male and female straight up. And, 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 and as many... As much as a lot of folks don't want to hear that, that's the real, real. Because you cannot procreate and have a race of people if you go in that direction. It'll never work. And it's not, it's not, well, they're pushing it, but it's not ever going to work. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not. It's not and, intended. And, and, it's, right. And, and we are creators. Mm-hmm. And and what they're trying to do is stop the creation because, you know, yeah. if a man yeah. and a woman come together, we're going to create. We're going to create other men's and women's. We're going to create this this uh, energy, this, this God conscious. I mean, it's a lot you create when you come together. So if they can stop you from coming together, 
then uh, that's, you know, the whole agenda is to keep you from creating. But we are creators. We are God. Well, it's not no one God. Yeah. We are God. <laughs> that's their, that has been their intention all along, you know, yeah. until they found out who the true gods were. So it's been yeah. their intention. Everything, everything that, quote, unquote, the proverbial they have done has been to wreck who we are as a people. And they'll never be able to do that. And they, they and understand this. That's why. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there's a video out now, and I'm going to send this to you, where uh, there is one of these presidential candidates. I think she's a Democrat. And uh, I, I found out, as uh, I heard uh, Brother Robert X say, that she was a witch. And she's mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't know I have to I have to look into that but she's online and I think it's this some kind of church she was in and there's a couple of sisters in there and I think I saw maybe a brother and the rest of them was pale people and they were saying mm-hmm. we are sorry for treating you like this and um and and you know for has slaves and all this kind of stuff it's it's online right now. I will send you that video. So these okay. people understand and know where the power is. And they're trying to get on the bandwagon. And I say, you know, be the spook who sat by the door. Don't don't take this don't take this with a grain of salt. I think our people should keep doing what we're doing, making ourselves strong and leaving all this other mess on the sidelines. That's what I say. And so what Someone said that her name is Cecilia Banks, and and you know I think that it's not even I think it's it's really not even about race. It's deeper than that. And so no, this I, is not know, a this is not Azalea Banks. This, this is no this is a presidential candidate. Oh, oh that's a, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't know what her name mm-hmm. is. I know exactly who mm-hmm. you're talking about. But it's like right. who is the the puppeteers is uh, that energy that entities that's at the top, and you know if they can keep the confusion, they give a group of people privileges. So it's just like you have two children and you give you face. Hello, Sister Beverly. Oh, we got to pay attention to the entities, the puppeteers that is manipulating this. Because I just feel yeah. like that all of us are being uh, manipulated. And and well, I they're believe perpetrating in, big time. Take care, huh? I was saying they're perpetrating big time. They got a whole lot of stuff going on to distract us right now. 2020 is yeah. right around the corner. Actually, 2020 is here. It's here. It's here. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's okay. They they can do throw whatever they want to throw. It's not going to for those that got that twenty twenty vision. They're not going to blind you because you can see now. So it doesn't matter what they throw. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So. Let's so get into- um, Okay, well, let's do this. Okay, we're right now, we're on part 84, and it is called The Pursuit. 
Okay. The pursuit. Okay. The pursuit. The dishes and the pots were washed and put away noisily afterwards. They were replaced only with the quiet mutter between Maymay and Rupa. Femi felt so much concern for the two women that after the trial and the grueling tests they were put through with the Dogons, it may not have been the right decision for them to join the others in the next life. She asked the doctor could she get a moment of her time away from the others. They walked toward the fence in the backyard and sat in the Berlina wooden swing. I don't know if I have the heart to go on with you, knowing that all of humanity will be wiped away from the face of the earth. It seems like such a heartless thing to do. I know and I feel your concern. That's why I wanted to talk to you, Rupa. You see, when we were in Minot together, I knew your line of studies involved life itself, and you would be apprehensive to give it up so easily. You and I both know the history of our ancient ancestors, and that's been our troubles ever since. We are the mothers and fathers of this earth, and we have been persecuted down through the years, and no other country on this planet has ever felt sorry for us, cried for us, and loved us enough to come to us and be sincere and see things for what they really are despite all the lies and hatred. All that has come to end, all that has come to an end now, and the cleansing has been set in motion. If you can't be among us, then I am sorry, truly sorry. So, what are you going to do now? I don't know. I guess I'll go back to Maryland and wait and see what happens. I went to the airport and purchased a one-way ticket home that I've been holding on to ever since your father and I arrived here. What do you suggest I do? Use it and go to your family. Love them with what little time is left. And since you already know what's to come, be free to do whatever you feel like doing. No sense in living quietly. Timmy held her in an embrace. She felt Rupa's heart beating very fast as if it was going to implode out of her chest. She was trembling with fear, imagining how it was going to happen, but did not have the nerve to inquire about it. But she asked anyway. If I did leave with you, I would feel as though I have abandoned my family. Can I ask how or when it's going to happen? so that I can be prepared? No, I can't tell you that because I don't know myself. My role is to secure the people together who are leaving as one family. That's all I know. But you can't be any clearer than that. Even you don't have the power to know that one important fact. Rupa, I'm not one of the creators. I'm just a messenger. I don't know why I said that. I'm all mixed up. I don't know what to do. I don't want to go home and sit there and act like nothing is going to happen. You are too unsure of yourself. 
You cannot go with us if you are struggling in that state of mind. You will not survive. If you can't stay in a hot kitchen, then I suggest you get out now. She finally accepted Femi's reasoning, and they both walked back to the house and announced that she would be leaving and returning to her hometown of Bethesda, Maryland, to be with her family. She left them to go to the bedroom and prepare to leave the country. Maymay walked away from them and found herself on the front stoop, sitting on the bottom step leading down to the drive. Uncle Deju followed her and sat down beside her. She was crying, and her tears inundated his brightly colored flowered shirt as he held her. I know what you're sad. You haven't seen your mother in over three years. It's my fault why you haven't gone to see her, he said, giving her a handkerchief to wipe away the tears on her face. I feel like Miss Rupa. I don't think I can do it, Deju. I don't think I can walk away from my family knowing what we know. It's easy for you. Your family is here. You're part of my family, Maymay. You are my wife. We have no children, and we are one and the same. We've been together for 58 years, and that's saying a lot. I would never leave you. If you don't go, neither will I. Even after all the rituals and the planning for the inevitable, knowing the Dogon like you do, you would stay behind for me? Did you? I will not allow you to do that. I know your soul and your spirit is ready. I know your determination to be among the chosen ones have always been there. You are a king within your own right. And I know that wherever you're going, you will serve as a great being. May May, if I was to go with them, what would you do? Where would you go? She placed her hands on his rough, hairless, shaven face. And she said, my dear Deju, it's simple. I would go home to my mother. She would need me now more than ever, just as I would need her. My determination has me ready for the next life, and I will be spending it with you wherever we are. I'm staying here, he replied. Even though May May had a happy heart and a smile on her face, when he announced his decision to stay behind alongside her, she didn't show it much. She didn't want to show her glee. Come on now, let's go and tell Femi what we have decided, said Deju. They both walked hand in hand into the main room where Leo, Ayera, and Femi were waiting to take Rupa to the airport. They sat down beside Ayera. We have announcement to make. We are not going with you. We feel the same as Miss Ocellus does. Although we went through the rituals and the meditations, May May can't get over the fact that she's leaving her family behind, and I can't leave her. We have been together too long to be separated. I know you all understand. Leo stood and shook his hand and said, it takes a very good and loving man to stay at his wife's side at a time like this. I commend you for that, 
and we understand with all of our hearts. Uncle Diju, Aunt Maymay, I love you forever, and I will always keep you close in my heart. You have always been right there for me and my family. You have been a rock when we needed you, and you have never let us down, stated Ayara. She held her uncle and her aunt, kissing and crying all at once, knowing that this will be the last time they will ever know each other. I feel an emptiness inside of my soul. My spirit is saddened by the last-minute decisions I've heard here today. I love you all so much that my heart is broken. We tried to make it work together, but I have to keep going on with the Creator's request because it was written millions of years ago before we knew each other in the Akashic Record. When it happens, it will be as if I never knew any of you, including you, mother and father. We will be as one family without the thought of who we were, of who we once were. Three souls could have been saved and joined together to add to a power that will never die, but that's okay. The love you have shown for each other and Rupa, the love for your family, is unmistakably courageous and will never die. They should know how brave you all are for staying behind. So I say tell them about what's going to happen. Or don't tell them. It's up to you. Love them hard and don't think about tomorrow. Do what you have to do today. I love you all, said Femi. They embraced and the room went somber. They stood in a circle and Femi said a prayer for her great uncle and his wife and their friend Rupa. They said their goodbyes for the last time. Leo and Diju placed Rupa's luggage in the Range Rover to drive her to the airport for departure. Femi, Ayera, and Maymay stood, stayed behind. On the way, Rupa said to the men, look at them, the people, going about their everyday lives, not knowing what the future holds. I guess it's best not to have that knowledge hanging over your head. It's truly a heavy burden to carry. But Femi seems to be comfortable with it. Leo replied, this is what she was born to do and nothing else. Her destiny is to bring the Nubian people together as one when they were created eons ago. You saw it for yourself, Rupa. It was written on the ship. So it's not as if anything has changed. This is supposed to happen. There is no doubt in my mind that this is a new beginning for the so-called man. Uncle Diju just sat quietly deep in thought. Soon they reached the airport and Leo identified an undercover agent looking very auspicious and noticeable. When he spotted the doctor, he disappeared. To throw the agent off, Leo was willing to give up the doctor in order to protect his whereabouts of, the of his daughter. He never mentioned him to Diju or Rupa. He was ready to get the hell away from there, so he hurriedly unpacked the truck with the help. He, un un he hurriedly unpacked the truck with the help of the baggage handler, and they made sure she boarded the correct flight to America. As soon as she boarded, as soon as she was aboard and in flight. Leo took a different route back to the house. Why are we taking the long way home? Asked Diju. I'll tell you when we get back. 
when they walked in the door, the first thing Leo said was, we have to go. We can't stay here. I didn't mention it at the time, but I spotted an agent back at the airport. That's why I took a different route home. I don't know if he's looking for us or Rupa. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we must leave. Take your family and go. Go back to the, the village of the Dogon. You know you will be protected there, said Diju. We will go, Uncle Diju. You know this is the last time we'll see each other for now, but remember the teachings of the ancients. Everything started here in the bowels of the motherland of Africa, replied Femi. And later on, we're going to see that that's not true, but hold on. The knights packed up most of their belongings and made their way toward the village. But Femi had another thought. Instead of returning to the village, she suggested renting a house near the water's edge in the city. She knew Zuri was with the Dogon, and they needed no distractions during his learning and teaching to prepare him for the future. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Baltimore, Maryland. On behalf of MTA Airlines and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip, and we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in the near future. Thank you, and have a nice evening, announced the steward. Removing her baggage from the overhead compartment and using the teachings she learned from the Dogon, Rupa felt the energy from a man who traveled the entire way from Africa with her. She managed to lose him once they were off the plane, but being who he was, he found her. He took hold of her elbow and said, come with me, ma'am, and please don't make a scene. The general wouldn't like it, and neither would the president. Rupert turned to look at him, and without saying a word, she complied with his terms. After claiming her primary bag off the carousel, he directed her to a sedan waiting in the parking lot whose windows were tinted black. He opened the door to the back seat, and she got in with both bags positioned between her and the man. Heading toward the direction of Washington, D.C., and not toward her hometown, she overheard the driver say during his conversation that he was bringing her in. Traveling along I-85, she found herself in front of the Federal Bureau of Investigation building. The men drove underground to another entrance. They drove the truck into the elevator and went nine floors down. With their destination, when their destination ended, the men demanded she get out of the truck. Ripper was face to face with her old boss in charge, General Garvin Greer, and a few other unrecognizable men and military dignitaries. I hope you had a good vacation, Ripper, because it'll be your last, said Garvin. Should I be afraid, she asked. That depends on what you tell me. The president and I need to know what you know. She laughed and said, the president who assigned me years ago has nothing to do with your agenda, Mr. Greer. I can call you that since I don't have anything to do with you anymore. And if he did, 
he wouldn't hire you. And if the new president knew the real you, he would dismiss you tomorrow. Whatever you do to me, you can't stop what is about to happen to humanity. And personally, I can't wait to see your faces when it all goes down. You better hope you're still living, Rupa. No more games or war of words. I need to know where Femi Knight and her family are. I have given you a chance to tell me, and I don't want to respond to you with force. When you tell us, we'll set you free. I'm already free. My conscience is clear, and I'm a happy person. So do what you have to do, because I will tell you this one last time. I have no idea where Femi Knight and her family are. There. That's my answer. Now, how about letting me go? The general... Okay. The general was highly upset with her and decided to make a phone call. The person on the other end asked to speak to her. He handed her the phone, and she responded by saying, Mr. President, sir, how are you? Yes, I'm fine. No one has drugged or assaulted me yet, although I don't know how long that's going to last. The men in her presence didn't find her statement to President Foster amusing at all. Then she said, yes, sir, I'll be glad to meet with you. Then she handed the phone back to the general, and he said, I will be more than happy to deliver her to you, sir. Yes, I will indeed. They returned back to the truck and drove directly to the White House. In her entrance to the Oval Office, she was greeted by the president and the former president, who originally sent her to the mission site back in 2011. She was pleasantly surprised to see him. Although she had no opinion about the new one, she just hoped that he was as decent and fair as her last boss was. She was also greeted by another man who was visibly upset about something. She was a little shaken seeing him in this posture, but she had no idea who he was. President Foster asked her, when you were sent to Mali to inspect what was going on with the find in the desert, you reported back that they were emitting some type of energy you didn't understand. But when a certain officer decided to retire from the military, they seemed to follow wherever he and his family went, and they ended up in North Dakota. The family left, but the find is still there, and it continues to give off an energy that is unparalleled like anything we have ever seen on the face of the earth. But we can't seem to harness it. I find this very fascinating. Have you any thoughts on why this is happening? And I also want to know why were you in Africa after the incident in the caves at the base? I have no idea what is happening to those ships. I understand that no one can open the doors to the containment area because of the extreme light they're giving off. Now, that's fascinating. But as far as the family, I have no earthly idea where they are. But I do know that I came home to be with my relatives. Because all you see here will no longer exist. The prediction of 2012 didn't happen like the Mayans said it would. Nor as the other predictors thought that it would. 
Instead, what happened was the Omex said a female child would be born. They got it right. She came, up, she came from beyond to take back the dignity and the rights of a people who were sent here many millions of years ago. They were killed, persecuted, shunned, stolen from, and everything else you could name. I'm sure you can relate, Mr. President. You both can. I certainly can. Everyone in the world knows what's happening. And we understand what you are saying, but we need to know where they are because they have the knowledge to stop this and calm the people down. I don't want no war in any country on earth. We want peace for as long as possible. Maybe if I can get one of them to speak to the public, we can reverse what has been done for years on this planet. The upset man entered the conversation and said, Miss Ocellus, my name is Edwin Noble, and I'm Zuri's father. His mother and I have been worried about our son. He may be 30 years old, but he's still our child. My wife, Clara, walked the floors into the wee hours of the night, wondering if he is okay or, well, I don't want to say, but if you know anything, any little thing at all, won't you please tell us? I'm sorry, I don't know your son, but the last I saw of the family, Mr. President, was in Cairo. Well, okay, that's a start. General, get a team together. Go over there, find them, and bring them back safe. Sir, I must approach with caution. I can't guarantee they'll come back in one piece, especially the young woman. She has some kind of powers, and we don't know what she can do with them. She's dangerous. General Greer, if you can't follow instructions, then remain stateside. I'm appointing Lieutenant General Bill Bradley to take the helm to go and get them without the drama and bloodshed. Yes, sir, replied General Greer. Rupa, you've done all you can do for your country. Go home and be with your family. I'm sure they will be glad to see you. Thank you, sir. But I must tell you, if you have a God, or even if you don't, start praying to something, because time is at hand. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I don't know. I know it's going to happen, but I don't know when. She left them with food for thought. The former president knew her better than any one of the members present. She had no lies to tell. Rupert returned to her family. And from the time she stepped through the door, she never wanted to leave. She never wanted to leave them. She never wanted to leave them. She never wanted them to leave her side. I'm sorry. Ah, the words get mixed up there. She prepared them for the last days. Lieutenant General Bradley was on the next plane to Cairo. But what he didn't know was General Greer was in flight behind him on another plane. The plane that carried the lieutenant general landed in Cairo an hour before General Greer. Once General Greer landed, he set out immediately on a mission to find, kill, and cover up the murder of the family and have them to disappear altogether. He and his henchmen walked the streets in Cairo, strategically avoiding Lieutenant Bradley.
for if they were seen, President Foster would have his ass for dinner. After talking and showing Femi and Zuri's picture around the city, he was directed by the waiter that served them at the cafe to the Hilton Hotel across the street where they stayed. Once inside, General Greer asked the clerk if he knew the two. He said yes, and the general asked how long had they been gone and if he could see their rooms. The clerk estimated their departure about 20 days ago, and the rooms had been cleaned from top to bottom. The general and his men went up anyway, but found no clues of their destination. When confronting the desk clerk to give him the card keys back, the security guard mentioned to the general the night before they checked out, the young man named Zuri reported a group of men standing in the parking area observing him. But when he checked it out, they were gone. He said the young man described them to him and the descriptions he gave was the Dogon people. Where do these people live? asked General Greer. The Dogons have villages in Mali, but there are many cities inside Mali, said the guard. Garvin tipped the guard $200 and said while briskly walking away, that bitch tried to throw us off, but it didn't work. All right, guys, let's catch this plane to Mali and kick us some ass. I want that MF Leo. I want that MF Leo, so y'all know what MF means. See, he, he doesn't like Leo because of, well, you know the story, Sister Bear. Okay, on the way to the airport, General Bradley spotted General Greer. He wondered, what the hell was he doing here? General Greer, did the president send you to? Uh, yes, he did, in case you and your crew ran into some trouble. He sent us for backup. The two groups of men standing almost toe-to-toe eyed each other. General Bradley knew a lie was embedded in there somewhere. I can see the president's caution. We're on the same side, and we do want the same thing, replied General Bradley. I have a lead. Want to follow us? Sure. Where are we going? To Mali. The men boarded the same planes that brought them over there. Sergeant Parker said to General Bradley, Sir, I don't trust General Greer. There's something incorrect about him being over here. The president was specific about his dismissal. Do you find it strange he would reiterate his decision? Sergeant, you damn right I know. Let me contact him and find out for myself. General Bradley called the president and informed him of Garvin's presence. He told him to play along with what he was planning. But if he interfered with his instruction about getting the family back there safely, he was ordered to take him and his men down where they stood. They were committing treason. Soon after the conversation ended, Bill informed his men of what the president ordered them to do. They had no problem with it. In the meantime, General Greer ordered his men to do exactly the same thing if and when the family was found, to unload everything they had in their weapons at them all. 
Let none of them survive, for the fate of the world would be in jeopardy. Forty minutes later, they arrived in the country. Garvin brought back, Garvin thought back to Ayura's family and remembered where they lived. He, and he instructed the pilot to land in Bamako. After arriving at the Sinu International Airport, the men hit the ground, and Bill asked Garvin, do we need to separate and comb one half of the city? No, I have a direct route straight to where they are. I must admit, I'm afraid of this young woman, so we need to stick together. What if you are mistaken, Garvin? What if you shoot innocent bystanders and children? What if she has none of these so-called powers you claim she has? If she doesn't, then the threat of the world would be eliminated and Ruba would prove to be wrong. And if she does, you'll be kissing my boots. The soldiers proceeded on to their destination when they came across a group of several people, young and old, who were dressed in native garb and chanting. Garvin asked, People, you seem to know everything about this city and this land. Can you tell me where I can find the Dogon people? I'm trying to find this young man and this young woman. They are in danger, and they must be found now. See, he lied right there. Okay. He showed them the pictures of Zuri and Femi. One older man stepped up and said, I know them. They were last seen on Kalea Road. I'll take you to them. The man and the woman broke off from the rest of the group and got into their Toyota parked on the side street with the soldiers in jeeps behind them. After 20 minutes of driving on Route RN7, Bill realized they were heading toward a residential area. Garvin prepared his men to get ready for an ambush, for they could be leading them into a trap. Bill's instincts told him they were never in danger. They parked their car in front of their modest four-room house on Kalea Road. The man and his wife went into the house, followed by General Greer and his men. He asked the general, can you tell me why you are looking for Femi and Zuri? I never told you their names. Listen, old man, I don't have any time to waste here. Either you tell me what I want to know or we will find them ourselves. Sir, that's a picture of my great niece. She said there would be people like you trying to come after her. Where is she? Tell me, he shouted at him grabbing a hold of the collar of his shirt. Maymay took hold of her husband's hand and said, Leave him be. We don't want we know we don't know where they went. My husband brought you here to ask you to please leave her alone. She hasn't done anything to anyone. Bill and his soldiers ran into the house after they heard the shouting. When they entered into the room, he saw Garvin slap Dijou hard enough that it made him fall to the floor. Bill began to defend Uncle Deju by physically stopping Garvin. The two men tussled with one another, and shortly after, a shot rang out, and Bill fell dead to the floor. The soldiers seeing this remembered what the lieutenant general said and began shooting. 
bullets not having any eyes, found their targets. Uncle Deju and Aunt Maymay lay dead on the floor. All of the soldiers were either dead or lying dying or lie, or lay dying with no hope of survival. Only one made it out alive, barely wounded. When the neighbors came running out of their homes and down the street to see what happened, Garvin escaped in a jeep and sped off as fast as it could go. He continued to be hell-bent on finding the family and eliminating them, even if it meant never going back to to the United States again. A year passed out in her husband's arms while they were in a boat on the Niger River, passing the time away, trying to relax and forget about being chased. They were also strengthening their pineal glands by meditating with their daughter. Being the one with the powers, Femi felt her mother's pain for Uncle Deju and Aunt Maymay. She knew exactly the moment when it happened. Ayira, Femi, tell me what's wrong. I sense there has been a terrible incident, but I can't describe it. I know it has affected your mother. Do you know what it is? Asked her father. Femi let a tear flow from her left eye, and she answered, Uncle Deju and Aunt Maymay have left this world. They're gone. Who did it, Femi? Can you tell me? I can, but there is nothing you can do. They will be dealt with severely. It's happening at this moment while we speak. Don't worry. The unjust will suffer greatly. The righteous will live on. The Dogon instantly felt the energy of Deju and Maymay rising above the mountain ridge. The Hogan said to Zuri, Praise be the creators. Amma has come and taken a brother and a sister across the blue waters of the Nile. They did not have to suffer the wrath of the Earth's demise, for they're gone. Zuri never met either one of Femi's relatives, but knew they were, co- but knew they were connected to the Dogon. He saw Femi weep. Rupa felt a loss in her spirit and a sense of a horrible incident had taken place. She began to openly weep before her children. They asked her what was wrong. And she said, the world is going to miss my dear friends who I just met a few months ago. I will pray for them with all my heart. Night was falling and Garvin hadn't had much luck in locating his crosshair targets. But once he received more information on the location of the Dogon village from a citizen in the city, he decided to use tactical military maneuvers and aim his sights on creeping inside to find and destroy Femi and her family. Driving close enough at the foothills of the mountain ridge, he parked the jeep and leaped out. Holding his wounded right arm, he readied his firearm. Before he took a step closer, he was met by three men, black as the night. Stop, I'm warning you, he shouted. The men continued to come towards him. He managed to shoot once in the air, but that did not phase them, nor stop their advancement. If you continue to come towards me, the next bullet will be for one of you. 
the men stopped 30 feet away from the general and stood perfectly still as if they were programmed. A mist began to form around them, and Garvin lost his sight for a moment, but he could but before he could blink twice, Zuri appeared next to him, who he quickly disarmed. He said, I am Zuri. I saw what you did, and I know you have taken many lives tonight. That is against the admonitions of the Maat. We do not tolerate these kinds of actions when it concerns our people, and for that you must be punished. Your parents are worried sick about you, son. Just come with me and I can get you back home safe where you belong. The best thing you can do at this moment is give me my pistol and tell me where the girl is. I do not belong to those people, and you shall not walk this earth in the frame of mind any longer, in this frame of mind any longer. Zuri raised his hands, and Garvin's eyes began to fill with fear as he was lifted four feet up off the ground. He looked down, and was astounded that this was being done with no contact whatsoever from anyone. This is your last chance to change your pursuit of us. No, son, please come with me now. With the clap of his hands, General Garvin Greer's mind was erased, and everything he knew was gone. Once he, was, once he lowered him to the ground, he looked around and wondered where he was. He looked down at his uniform and saw that he was military, but he didn't know why. He walked off and was never seen again. Zuri and the Dogon silently walked back to the village to continue his rituals, to get stronger and more powerful. Femi knew the chase from the general was over. Ayura woke with a sad heart, but she knew her uncle and aunt was okay. They would be among the few who would be there even if they did not leave in the ships. A lone soldier of Lieutenant General Bradley's group survived, but the president was very sad to hear what happened and sent heartfelt apologies to the rest of the family. All the bodies were retrieved except for General Greer's, but the president knew that somehow he still had to find that scepter. Okay, that was part... Um, 84, Sister Bell. <clears throat> okay, okay. Interesting. And it's the juicy. Num- <laughs> <laughs> the call-in number is 323-642-1586 if you have any questions or comments. And we do have time to do another chapter. Okay, all right. Uh Let's go to part 83 then, the second lesson. This is a, we're counting down, we're counting down it, counting down. Okay, here we go. Part 83, the second lesson. Still shaken by the sudden demise of the loss of family, Ayura was optimistic that she and Leo will continue to study and meditate the ways taught to them by the Dogon. They were not afraid anymore to learn from their daughter what would eventually save them from the ignorance the people were practicing today. Not only did they receive unusual stares from the people in their neighborhood, but sometimes they were randomly questioned about their beliefs by the African government. Most of the time they stayed in hiding. They would have much preferred to reside with the Dogon. 
The final lesson was being prepared for Zuri in the village of the Dogons, who are of ancient Egyptian comedic descent. And because of what he has presently learned, he has shown the strength and power he is likely to possess for the final months ahead. The chief Dogon came to him after the incident with the general and said, This power, it has been in you long before you were placed in the universe and this dimension. You and I belong to a different time and space. We were born of the flowing waters of the foot of the mountains of the moon, and we are returning there soon. These are some of the things you will need to know. We have three beliefs, the Awa, Lebe, and Binu. The Awa is the belief of the dead. This purpose is to reorder the spiritual forces disturbed by the death of Nomo, our ancestor, and Sky God, who is one of great importance to us. Our members dance with carved and painted masks on their crowns during both funeral and death anniversary ceremonies. These messages in the dance go beyond the realm of religion and philosophy. The purpose of our dance ceremonies is to lead souls of the deceased to their final resting place in the family altars and to consecrate their passages to the ranks of our ancestors who will be joining together. Our beliefs of Lebe, the earth god, is mainly concerned with the earth cycle and the chief priest is called a Hogan. All our villages have a Lebe shrine who, whose altars have bits of earth made into them to always encourage the fertility of the land. The god Lebe visits the Hogan every night in the form of a serpent and licks his skin to purify him and infuse him with life force. The Hogan is responsible for guarding the purity of the soil and perform at many agricultural ceremonies. The belief in Binu is a practice associated with our sacred places and used for ancestor worship, spirit communication, and agricultural sacrifices. All our sacred sites are sewn together with this creation of the world for our sky god named Nomo, who landed on Earth in an ark from the stars in the triple system of Sirius B. Nomo is the first living being created by Ama. The Neo-Euro people from the other lands came and distorted our god Ama and used the name Amen in its place. Our ancient peoples were called the Twa and the Hutus, and after they were made to leave our, our original land in Kemet, our beliefs were changed many thousands of years ago, and we migrated to a region called Libya and then to Guinea until we ended up here in Bangadagera, Mali. We are a peaceful people, and we are, and we are constant and orderly in everything we do. The god Hopi is still god of the Nile. Hopi has the breasts of a woman and the penis of a man. That's why you and Femi will be and must be as one with Ama. Matter and space has always been around. It was always in existence. Our beliefs are in reference to the Shabaka stone. These facts were written on a worm-eaten papyrus, papyrus, and it could not be understood in the state. Then it was written on heavy black breka stone by the Pharaoh Shabaka. It goes as follows. This is the land and the burial of Osiris in the house of Sokar. Isis and Neptis, 
were without delay, and Osiris had drowned in his water. Isis and Nephthys took looked out, and then and they beheld him and attended to him. Horus spoke to Isis and Nephthys, saying, Hurry, grab him. Isis and Nephthys spoke to Osiris, replying, We come and we will take you. They heeded in time and brought him into the land. They entered the hidden portals in the glory of the lords of eternity. Osiris came onto the, into the earth at the royal fortress to the north of the land. And his son Horus arose as king of upper Egypt and arose as king of lower Egypt. And in the embrace of his father Osiris and of the gods in front of him and behind him. There was a royal fortress built at the command of Geb. Geb spoke to Thoth. Geb spoke to Iris, Isis. Isis called Horus and Seth to come to her. <clears throat> and she said, come and make peace. Life will be pleasant for you. It is Osiris who dries your tears. Through noon come Ptah. Atum brings things into being, and you must be very mindful in what you say to others. For you may bring it, for you may bring it into being. Be kind and follow the Ma'at closely. We cannot perceive God just as a male. There must be a female to be balanced. Matter and space has always been around. That was not created. The gods who came into being in Ptah, Ptah on the great stone, Ptah knew the father who made Atum, Ptah knew not the mother who bore Atum. Ptah the great is heart and tongue of the nine gods. Ptah who bore the gods. Ptah Nefertim is at the is at the nose of Ra every day. Remember, we are fashioned from Amun, the one who gave us Ka, spirit, and Jet, the body. The deeper you go inside yourself, the more pure energy your spirit becomes. The neo-neuro, the Greeks, has changed and almost destroyed our true world as it has been many millions of years ago. And they continue to try and make us feel inferior when we know we are superior to anything walking or talking upon this earth. They are not the saviors, saviors of the universe. And remember, out of one comes many. You must become the one with nature and you will never, under, and you will never understand what your real purpose here on this planet is for the next two years. You must use your third eye frequently, and this is called the pineal gland, and it is in the center of your brain. It is associated with the sixth chakra, whose awakening is linked to prophecy, and it increases a psychic awareness as consciousness comes forward, and it only works with melanin. You will awaken more and more each time, you, you, each time you exercise it, when it awakens, the third eye acts as a stargate that sees beyond space-time into time-space. To use the third eye is to raise one's frequency and move into a higher consciousness. The Hyksos knows this and wants total control over it, but he is doomed into never having this control. All is a conscious experience as seen through the eye of time. You must meditate, visualize, practice yoga, and all forms of out-of-body travel. When you open your third eye, it allows you to see beyond the physical. As you practice and use it more frequently, 
You will become faster at anything you do. Your psychic abilities will increase as well as your dream time messages. You may first begin with your eyes closed, but as you practice, you will be able to open your third eye by focusing attention and receiving messages with your physical eyes open. Planetary vibration and frequency is accelerating with expediency, allowing souls to peer into other realms much easier. Frequency will, come, will continue to rise until consciousness comes out in the physical. You use it by going deeper into meditation anytime you feel you need to use it for a, very, for a variety of things, including self-defense, persuasion of the mind, or whatever you need to do at the time it's called for. When you do this, it will never let you down because it is you. It is us. The pioneer gland works together with divine thought after being touched by the vibrating light of the kundalini. It starts its ascent toward the head center after responding to the vibrations from the light in the head. The light is located at the top of your soul thread. It passes down from the highest plane of our being into physical into the physical vehicle. You must learn quickly, for time is beginning to get shorter. Femi has the scepter of Akhenaten, and keep in mind, it is very important that it is kept safe, for it will play a very important role in what lies ahead. There will be many men pursuant of you. Both of let's say there will be many men pursuant of you of you both for it for it and this is <laughs> this is what you must learn this is why you must learn the ways of the dogon and keep in stride with the mayat being mindful in killing anything that threatens you you have the power now to change your aggressor's thought where it can't do you or anyone harm i will learn all that you have given so thoughtfully with your spirit I will gladly sacrifice to reach the higher ground in the coming days, replied Zuri. As time went on, he began to master the sixth chakra and learn the out-of-body travel, which was always an amazement each time he and Femi traveled together. Femi and her parents moved from their seaside abode and soon joined the Dogon. The hunt for her and her family along with Zuri, began to intensify when the request was broadcasted on worldwide television. The reward for their capture was in the millions, and people who were starving, being misused and abused, oppressed and the like, were desperately feeling this way, were were desperately feeling this was way out of, of their despair. Many people were dedicated to find them and turn them over to the U.S. government unharmed, but they continued to stay well hidden from the cameras, the eyewitnesses, and the guns for hire, and anyone else who were perceived as hunting them down. Eight months passed, and they continued to stay safe from harm. The world went right on being the miserable place that humanity made it out to be 29 years ago and worse. Statistics showed that three quarters of the world's population was impoverished and more than half were homeless 
diseases ran rampant. Lawlessness was at an all-time high, and many of the world's leaders were toppled as a result of no leadership among the country's citizens and its wealth. Life on earth, if you were disenfranchised, was horrible. There was not enough cohesion among people to make a better life for themselves. So they began to give it up. So they began to give up on all they held dear. <clears throat> the economic times were very difficult and things went beyond what happened in 2011. History has taught that people who had everything not to have any mercy on those who had not. If the faults in the far west of the United States had not posed a problem for those well embellished, the choices of residing there would have been number one on their list. But the laws were in place only for them to choose what parts of the country they wanted for themselves, and they chose the peninsula of the far south and the extreme northeastern corner of the country. These places were forbidden to anyone who was not more than fortunate to reside there. After all, the poor had no rights whatsoever to decide to live, to decide where to live. The poor were poor. They had nothing, and the new president desired to resort back to the original constitution of the land. But his efforts went unnoticed by the rich and powerful who had a chokehold on those serving the country. The future had done a 360-degree repeat of past years, but with more devastation than before. The world was in an upheaval. The natural resources began to wilt away, and all of the animals in the world's kingdom began on a road to extinction. The natural order of the earth began to change into another phase. Femi and Zuri knew the time was near. The other enlightened ones who were spread out all over the world also knew the countdown had begun. The more the earth changed, the more they meditated and chanted the practice of the kundalini. In the United States, a group of conscious black people were sold out by one of their own. They were classified as terrorists and anti-government because they went against the proposed establishment and paid a heavy price for knowing the metaphysics of life. When the president got wind of the people who were about to be persecuted, he requested to speak with them before they were put to a trial. When they came before him, he said to one, he said to the one who was head of the group, I know nothing about who you worship and why. And the point is, I really don't care. The fact is we have a situation that doesn't seem like it will never end unless I speak with a very important person who holds the keys to what I need to help the many millions of people here on earth. I know you do not like the world right now as it is, and neither do I. But myself and President Obama, who stands beside me now, guided us through 2008 until 2016 with some concern and some current, some concern. And together, we want to do something about it. 
We care about all people, and we want to set the record straight. I do not want to harm anyone. I just want peace and harmony restored back to the people. President Foster, we are not trying to disrespect you or your presidency. It's too late for the new world order of things. There is no turning back the hands of time, and there will be no peace anywhere in the world. You will not be able to flash your bombs and threaten the masses anymore or write, or write the prisons in, or, or write the poison in the skies to sprinkle down on us or feed us radiated food or poison water. It's all over. No country in this world as we know it is afraid of your wrong. And when it begins to fall, it's going to fall hard. You cannot save it. If you have any heart in your soul being a black man, you will allow us to leave freely. Mr. Secretary, see them out, please. There is nothing else to discuss. They will not give up on the people who they follow. If I believed in what they believed and trusted them, I wouldn't give them up either. I'm not a dictator, and I will not practice any interrogation. Nor will I go so far as waterboard or inflict any pain or torture on anyone. Let them go, but I want them followed. I want to know every move they make, and hopefully they'll lead us directly to them. Get a team together ASAP, and keep me posted every 20 minutes. Yes, sir, Mr. President. The Secretary assembled the best men and women the Department of Defense strategy had to try and infiltrate, infiltrate the small group. Days went by and the DDS had nothing to report. What they did report was the believers never went outside of their compound except to go to the local stores in town and back again. The group knew they were being watched, so to quell any suspicions the government had on them, they simply disappeared, never to be seen again. The president became desperate, and he disassembled the DDS and sent a small group of soldiers to Africa at the behest of President Jelani, since now the entire continent considers itself a whole country. After all, how many men would a country need to take down a small group of ragtag indigenous people? When they arrived, they were joined by the African Task Force and directed themselves toward the Dogon community. They were told by informants that this is where they could find the family. Little did they know they were walking into a trap set by the Dogon. When the 52 men from a combined military unit from America and Africa entered the cliffs of, the, of Bangadera, they were met by a small band of 12 Dogon, with Juri and Femi leading the way. If I were you, I'd turn around and leave quickly. You're trespassing, you're trespassing on our people's territory. This is our land, stated Zuri. Son, do you know who I am? I'm Major General Sam Pettibone of the 89th Marine Solo Kill Unit. Our name means what it says, but my orders were to bring you and the Knight family in peacefully to the President of the United States with the help 
of the African Task Force. Now, are you going to come quietly or do we have to use force? Are you threatening us? Yes, I am. And if you don't come peacefully, you will be dealt with. Femi knew they were going to have to fight their way through this dilemma. So without warning, she raised the copper and gold inlay scepter. She defamed all their weapons, and they disappeared into thin air. Once they saw their weapons disappeared out of their hands, they tried to charge the small band. But they too disappeared. The combined military began to look around and question where did Femi and the rest of the group go? In a split second, they reappeared and struck them all down with the swiftness of a sword. They lay on the ground wondering what happened. Femi then waved the scepter over their bodies, and they all had forgotten who they were or why they were even there. They returned to their vehicles and drove away. She permanently erased the memories of the soldiers. She permanently erased the memory of their orders of their orders to destroy them. Uh, she said, I hated to do this, but we cannot focus on the task at hand. The truth must be kept if we are to save our people and go home. We're nearing the end. After the fight was over, Zuri heard a radio in the distance on the ground calling for the major general. Sir, do you read? Sir, come in. Sir, do you read? The voice said forcefully. No, don't say anything. Pick it up and throw it into the waters. It is no use to them now, Zuri said to one of the Dogon. Ayera, Leo, and the villagers met the warriors when they returned and asked what happened. There was not much of a struggle. We did what we had to do. I hate to harm anyone, but we cannot allow the government to stand in our way of going back home. Mankind is not kind anymore, nor was he ever. That question has been asked down through thousands and thousands of years, and every time it cannot be answered with a direct affirmation. They continue to ask for another chance to change, and each time they do, they get worse. Man and his kind cannot be trusted. It's time to start over again, said Femi. No one was hurt. No one was hurt, were they? Asked Ayera. Femi and Zuri looked at each other and said in unison, no. Well, that's good. We don't want to hurt anyone. They have families too. Mother, they never knew what hit them. I'm sure they felt no pain. What? I thought you two said no one was harmed. They didn't suffer, Mother. It was so fast, they never knew what happened to them. Right now, the most they have to do is figure out who they are. Ayura was sad to know that her baby had to do the things she did in order to prepare for the departure of the lightened one. Leo knew that by her Leo knew that by her serving in the military, this would be one of the reasons why she was able to do the things she did. The first and foremost reason was she was born a queen and a warrior. Zuri, on the other hand, did what came natural. He was born a warrior. Okay, Sister Bev, that was part 83. All righty. And uh, you were were talking about the pioneer gland, 
And like we was talking earlier that, you know, our body is duality, and you mentioned that in your book, and the pioneer and the pituitary gland, one is male and one is female. So we Mm -hmm. have to have that yin and yang uh, in our body. And you also talked about how that she could make the person memory go away. And that seems like that that's what has happened to us, you know, our memory. Was taken away, you know how they did in Men in Black when they zap that, put that zap thing, and you can't remember, and 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 that could very well be what happened for real, you know, because we don't remember who we are, and we're starting to get our memory back uh, now. Now, before we get out of time, I want you to give people how they can get your book, and you have autograph books also. Okay, well, they can go to uh, K-E-M-E-T-S-T-R-Y files, F-I-L-E-S dot com. That is my website. And uh, they can also go to Amazon and just type in chemistry. If you go to my website and order it, uh, leave me an email message with your information and then I can send the book directly to you, uh, autograph, copy. And I'll need your information for that, to where to send it. Okay. Good, good, mm-hmm. excellent. So I would suggest to get your autograph copy because when it becomes the film, you know, you will be like, oh, I do have an autograph copy uh, of the book. I so think it would make an excellent film. I'm, <laughs> the way that I'm reading it, it would be so much better on the screen because, you know, I'm having mm-hmm. some plugs and everything. But it, you can get the sense of where – I think people can get the sense of where I'm going with this. And, you know, it's a lot about us. And this is something that they don't want – they don't want our people to know nothing about what I've written. They don't want to see that. But, they but, don't want to see – Yeah. But but the times we in now it dict it dictates different. You know, look at uh, Tyler Perry. You know, he he's got that big old studio there. You know, you got Will Smith and 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 Nas is hooking up. You know, I mean it's it's at one point they had a monopoly, but they don't have it anymore. And so we just don't focus on what they be trying to do we got mm-hmm. avenues now and that's where we that's where we go well yeah it's going to be really hard for them to keep the truth covered but if you know i'm i'm saying if i could get this excuse me on the screen and get this out to the people then you know hopefully there will be a lot more of us waking up to the fact that we can shut this down. We can shut this place down. You know, and that will be our ships. When we mm-hmm. shut this down and get mm-hmm. it right, that will be our ships. Not a physical spaceship, but we'll have our ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. It's just that it's going to be more and more ships, fleets coming in. But people are wising up. They're coming out of this mm-hmm. uh mind that's been erased a lot of a lot of things is activating now on the planet so like i say mm-hmm. it's like dr robert x say it's the time you know that's dictating this 
And so we're really getting ready to find out who we are and, and all the other stuff that goes along with it. And your book And the power that we have, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, you wrote your book a few years ago, but it's not a coincidence that, you know, now it's it's like it's time for it now. So the timing has a lot to do with it. You're dealing with the universal time and not man time. So that Mm -hmm. lets you know that it's time for things now. So you rat on time, as they say. Well, I'm trying to get that right on time word out there to our folks, and I just, you know, I just hope we all begin to, you know, realize what we have in our hands, what we what we have within ourselves. What we have within ourselves, we can change the world. It's already changing, and we can make it go yeah. just a little faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what's happening. That's what's going on in, in, in 2020. I mean, you know, the, people don't realize this is a powerful energy. You know, those these portholes, these 11-11, you know, just like they open up the porthole with that uh, CERN. But, I mean, this is a natural phenomenal porthole that's being opened with these 11-11s and the twos, the 2020. And why do we, and when people that have perfect vision, what do they say? You have 2020 vision. So these, this mm-hmm. is a very, very, it's a, a different kind of time that we are in now. Right. And I'm, and I am, I am praying and hoping within my soul and uh, using my strength and spirit that, you know, we begin to be about it. You know, we need to start being about the business. You know, we've, we've done a lot of talking. We've done a lot of talking. Yeah. We've done a lot of analyzing. Now it's time for us to start doing. And that's what 2020 is about. It's yeah. about walking right. the walk and talking the talk. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what right. it's about. And it's dealing with that duality. And so, you know, when you put the both sides together, you come with the one, as uh, mm-hmm. Eddie was saying. So that's what we're doing now. We're coming into that one. So we've been walking around with half of us, and now we're putting the whole energy, the whole all the pieces together. And that's what the twos is dealing with. The duality, and that's where we are. And we are duality. And even though sometimes we have to go against our own brothers and sisters that's trying to sabotage us and bring us down, we got to look past them and keep it moving. Because they're going to go by the wayside, and there's nothing you can do about it with the, for them. Yeah and, yeah, and that's why it's really good to, you know, see people for their energy. That's what I look mm-hmm. at, you know. I, I look at, I read mm-hmm. people energy, and you got good and bad all over the place. So you can't, you know, when the energy not gonna lie to you. A person can sit and say what they want to say. They can look the way they want to look. But if you can read and feel their energy, it's not gonna lie. Just like your body don't lie. You can say what you want to mm-hmm. say, but if you learn how to read bodies, bodies don't lie. And so that's what we got to get into, knowing how to read energy. Because there's no color to the energy. You got good and bad all over the place. 
So I'd like to be able to see what this energy coming towards me, what this energy is about. And I actually think I actually think it's is happening. It's happening now, but I would love to see it go all the way within my lifetime and I know I won't. I know it's gonna take some years. I don't know. I would love to. It's gonna take some years to manifest. Well, a few more years mm-hmm. to manifest, you know, and I would love to be here to see that. I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait to see happening. this. this <laughs> I, I can't wait to see this novel in, in on pictures on the, on the screen. I oh, can't yeah, wait well, to see it. Yeah, that that's yeah. gonna happen. That's definitely happening. Yeah, you speaking it out there, and now. I want with you with you doing the oil, the you know reading. You putting it out there now, and so it's already in the making. Now I want all my people to see it. Everybody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be great, wonderful. Well, were there any well, calls? Um, or? Uh, if anybody have any comments, you can call in. Uh, at number is three two three six four two one five eight six. If you have any questions or comments. Uh, before we go, uh, we are dealing, we are listening to Sister Seta, a set, and her metaphysical book, The Gathering of the Vanguard. Now, what is the Vanguard? Why you call it the, the Gathering, gathering of, the, of the Vanguard? Is Sister Bevy there? Uh huh, I'm here. Okay. Uh, I called it the gathering of the vanguard because uh, Femi and Zuri at this moment is gathering up the leadership of the people, basically mm-hmm. gathering gathering all the people together. And then she has a vanguard of a group of people that has the same powers and strength as she and Zuri does. And we're going to, I think they're, they are in this novel at the end of this book. They're called the Eye Watchers. So okay. they're going to be uh, a big part of this group too. Okay. Yeah. So, and they're basically at the end of this book, in the beginning of the war, the third book. So it's going to be a oh, war, okay. an, inter, yeah. an, an interplanetary war. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's that's the real deal too. Is that that's a war that they call it spiritual warfare, galactic warfare, however you want to mm-hmm. call it. And that's yeah, what's that's going coming on. up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've been on it. You've been mm-hmm. on it for a while. Now we're starting to really see it manifest. Yeah, it had to start. So, from, it had to start somewhere. So they're yeah. gearing, they're gearing up for it. That's why it's called Gathering of the Vanguard for the Interplanetary Planetary War and the War on the Planet mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just think there's a war going on now. We just can't see it. I mean, you it know, is. because we're it we're is. under the dome. Yeah. Yeah. It so, is. Definitely yeah, one it's definitely going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we see some of it on the physical. I mean, you know, we we. I mean, you never seen this that we're looking at. It's being televised as far as political side of it. But it's definitely a spiritual energy warfare. We do have a caller, uh, Sister Seta. Hold on. 347 Sister Bev, good evening. Good evening, Tuckmo. 
Good evening, sister. How are you? I was listening to you reading your book very good. I like how you tying all the different things in together. Um, very good job. You know, the Dogon, um, some of the comedic stuff. Very good. I like it. Um, and I hope it does become a movie, you know, um, and, and, and um, a blockbuster movie on top of that. Yeah. So I wish you all the luck. Wish you all the luck. Thank you. I, um, I appreciate you, Bud Tutmos. I'm, oh, I'm hoping too. I want all our people to see this, you know, and I'm I'm thinking once we get the visual, you know, and then uh, a lot of the uh, the the knowledge in with the visual, it's, it it will be it will be something. It will be a war. It will be a war, a good one for us. Yeah, like Bev was saying, this mm-hmm. is the time. You know, they had a a monopoly. They still do. But um, being that it's so competitive now with the with the streaming services, um, yeah. competing with the the people who's had a monopoly all this time, the the you know regular old TV companies owned by the you know same old people, you know Channel Four or Five, you know they they bought up all the cable, so it's the same companies. But now with Netflix and Amazon, they're just looking for content to put out. They don't really care who it comes from. They they're not right. screening it, you know, so this is the best right. time to do it, you know, and right. black, black, black sci-fi, um, you know, sort of like, um, and I, it wasn't a good movie to me, but sort of like uh, the Black Panther, you know, when you get people thinking outside the box, that's when you start creating things. You know, right now we think we're slaves because that's what they show us as, or we're a drug dealer. Right. And, you know, once we start seeing ourselves mm-hmm. as other things, we start doing other things and it start manifesting it just by our thoughts, you know. But um, y'all well now, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, mind you, in this novels, in these novels, you know, I didn't leave them out, but they don't play a big role in it. It's basically, it's basically us coming to know who we are as a high mind and what we can do. Because there are some demons and other things in these novels that I haven't even touched on yet. They're more like toward the end of the novels with the inter- interplanetary fighting and the the sacrifices and the soylent green and everything is going on in here. I mean, it's this world we're living in. Right. So, now, yeah. uh, Tugmo, what, what yes, was ma'am. it about the... Uh, the Black Panther you didn't like? I didn't like um, how the the villain in the movie is the Black American. You know what I'm saying? And play he in in, in the movie he duly became the the new Black Panther. He defeated him in combat the way you're supposed to. And the Africans just like, oh no, you know, let's bring him back to life. You know. I didn't like how they they played on that um a conflict that you know um, between the Black American and the Black African in that movie. I thought Killmonger represented us. But they made him the villain. You know, a lot most people that went to the movies that were black they related to Killmonger. Most people that mm-hmm. went to the movies that were white they hated Killmonger. He was the villain. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was nothing more. And here's the Black American grew up in the hood had to deal with, you know, went to their schools, was a killer for their military, you know, did everything he was supposed to do, but he's the villain, and the hero in the movie 
is you know this 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 pure African like like something's wrong with mm-hmm. us you know so I didn't like how they placated on that so I didn't um like that movie for that reason Bev. but as far as the, the genre of putting us in the future and putting us with technology and showing us winning I like that because that's the visual that they don't want us to see because once we start seeing ourselves as the hero then we're going to start becoming heroes. They can't become heroes without technology. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you become the gods again. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I I'm in know. agreement. What I, go ahead, go ahead, Suzanne. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead. No, I, well, I was, I was in agreement with, uh, uh, more. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like them giving back the vibranium. That pissed me off. Okay. They gave them back the. They gave them some of the power. They might not have gave it all, but they had some of it. And I didn't like it because I don't think we should give anything away. Once we got that power, we need to keep the power. And I was in love with Killmonger. Killmonger, I I I just didn't like that movie for that fact as well. I'm in agreement with that. But the good thing what? about the chemistry is nobody's going to give back anything in the chemistry uh, because. Even though her mother had family there in Africa, basically it was all about the United States. Once you get into the chemistry and read it, you're going to find out that it really didn't have much to do with Africa at all. I think Africa basically was a hiding place for a while. That's all Africa was, a hiding place for them until later on in the novel. But go ahead, Sister Beth. Oh, okay, that that and and that plays into uh, what's really going on now because, like we said before, it's about America. You know, we got uh, mm-hmm. a president that that he's constantly saying it's about America, and we also said that everybody is waiting on us to wake up in America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your book is right on target. Now, <clears throat> the Black Panther movie, <clears throat> I can see what you were saying about Kilgore. I I felt sorry for him, but he also kind of uh, related to what is going on. I mean, he was a very powerful person, but because he was up under their system, he was confused, and, and that's how we are. That that's where we're coming out of. That's what we are. Are we getting our memory back? And so I could see him being the way he was because of the training he went through. I mean, and and that's how we are. We've been in another person's mind, another energy mind, and not our real mind. And so uh, I agree with you on that part, but I kind of felt sorry for him. But I also realized that that is how a lot of us are because of that. And I went out, and I don't like the end part when they gave the power away. But I went to the movie so I could feel the energy. And I liked the energy that the movie, excuse me, that the movie gave out because you could just feel uh, the pride. You could just feel people waking up. You could just feel they were paying attention. So I really like the energy that the movie gave out. And it's kind oh, of one sure. of the reasons why oh, no, I was going to say that was one of the reasons why I kind of used the Dogon because they're just about the last people on the 
planet just about to still uh, deal in their ancestral ways of learning and knowing things. That's why I use them to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of jog people out of the sleep. Right. And they were they were the only ones that I used. Mm-hmm. But it still brings us all all the way back to the West. Go ahead, Brad Tutmo, yeah. what are you saying? Um, yeah, it seemed to me like um in the movie, um, and I don't um uh, I didn't see it at the movies. I think I caught it on um when it came on HBO or whatever. But um okay. and, and I would have I probably should have went there to catch the energy. Well, it's on um, but, Netflix um, now, so you can check it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw the black. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw it, um, but it was like he was the ultimate spook who sat by the door character. Like he went all through the training, he did the missions, but his plan was to steal that, was to was to take the vibranium and get retribution for what was done. To you know, what I'm saying he had that warrior spirit, you know, that Malcolm X spirit in him, you know what I'm saying? He wanted he wanted payback, you know, he wanted to take this and get um give it to brothers in the hood, you know, you know, go get you his back, you know, but um for sure, um yeah, I felt sorry for the character as well. And and that's why I I, I never would say it's a bad movie. I just didn't like mm-hmm. the premise um right. how they tried to placate the the African versus the African American. Uh, and make right. us the villain, you know, out of the situation. Yeah, for sure. But um, what what I was trying to get at is that genre of music movie, though. It needs to be. We should be talking about ten movies like that right now. You know, not just one. Right. You know, it's just right. You know, that's that's where we need to get to because once we see that visual, um, and, and black people love the copycat. So once one brother makes it, everybody's gonna copy that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. once we once they see the visual of us winning and us in power and us in the future in power, not in the past in power, is what does that mean? You know, but when we see ourselves in the future in power, you know, do a movie about the year 2021. I mean 20 2100, and everybody in power is black. You know, just flip it on them. See, once we see that visual. We're going to try to make that happen, just natural human right. thing, you know. We're going to try to, art is going to, um, we're going to try to take the art we see and implement it into our life. You know, that's, you know, art for this, um, art for art's sake. We're going to try to create it, you know, so that that's what I was going to get at. But um, very good, sister, and uh, I'll mute my line. Thank, thank you. Y'all. And thank you. All right, thank you. What are you going to be talking about tomorrow? Bad. I'm gonna be talking more about transhumanism, um, but I'm gonna okay. get into post, what you call posthumanism. Um, mm-hmm. In the future, um, you're not gonna be going for a job, getting an application, and they're gonna ask you, are you white, black, Asian, Spanish? You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna be that type of thing. They're gonna ask you if you're a human, if you're a cyborg, if you're a clone, if you're a mutant, if you're a hybrid. All these things have definitions, right. and the science that we're at right now, um, pretty soon in the in um, uh, probably the next fifty years to a hundred years, um, they might be a post-human society where all humans have something else in them, or um, either genetically or artificially put in them that makes them not a human anymore. So um, that's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna get into. 
uh, of course, okay. current events. And on um, pan humanism, which is um, stateless communism, we're going to get into that too. So, yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow. Uh, and sister yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that going in the chemistry, going on in the chemistry. In the last okay. couple of, in the uh, 9X and in the realm of the gods, you'll see a lot of that going on in there. But go ahead, Sister Beth. Okay. Now, I was just saying, mm-hmm. I know uh, Sister, um, what's her name? Sophia, the one that made The Matrix. I know she's coming out oh. with a new book. Uh, and and uh, that would be great if her movie is on the big screen, your movie is on the big screen, and that's what Tuck Most was saying. You know, we need to keep it coming back to back. Yeah, well, I just, I'm just hoping, you know, because she went the, she went the way of Hollywood. Well, I would like to go mm-hmm. the independent way, you know, to right. put out there what right. I want, you know. And I hope right. she don't go that way again. I hope she kind of learns some things and, you know, go independent this time and be well, recognized for, for her work. Yeah. Right. Right. Look how long it took her to to uh, get her work back. But see, mm-hmm. but you got you doing it smarter. So you you learned from her, you know, looked at what she had to go through. And the times is different now. We got more options out there, uh, you know, than uh, at that time. Yeah. So like you said, I'm pretty sure she. Yeah, she'll probably mm-hmm. go independent because she's a good friend of mm-hmm. mine. I talk to her a lot. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. She's, yeah. Good. <laughs> she she's going independent, sort of. Okay. You know her way. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So that's good. We have both of them. Your hers come out on the big screen, and yours too. And then that's what we need. We need more conscious uh, movies like that. Well, Indeed, we do. Seta, <laughs> I appreciate you taking your time. I appreciate your work. And thank you so now much. I appreciate you for, being on. I appreciate you giving me the time. That's what I appreciate. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, you, you you did you did and you're doing good work. And so I, I like good work. I know good work when I see good work. And you you have really done some good work with the book. And so we we gonna we all gonna watch the Truth to Power family. It's gonna see it coming to the big screen. So that's happening. That's on its way. So that's what we're waiting on. But again, thank you, Sister Seta. And I I look forward to listening to 82, uh, Chapter 82 next week. I appreciate you too, Sister Bev. Thank you for having me. Thank you again. All right. Thank you. Much love. Okay, everybody. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll be on with Tuckmo. 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so until then, peace and much love. Yeah. Don't you feel it? Perfect. Perfect. Right at the end of the day, I see things coming my way. It's not pretty. It's not good. It's nothing like you thought it was. The boogeyman is here. So now, you got to prepare. Win or lose, it's all up to you. So what's 
aliens are back to throw us all off track. What? You didn't think you had an enemy? There's no such thing as friend of me. It's changed for the worse. And you are under the curse. Your ancestors never for you. So now what you gonna do? You feel it all around you. Your ancestors got a hold of you. No more sneaking, telling lies. Because you realize. There's something happening here. Producing fake fear. Oh, I'm scared. But don't shed no tears. Just get your shit in gear. Truth is coming down to you. Then you gotta make your own truth. Know your right mind. Your future is the time. Don't become their fool. Eat you. All they wanna do is snap you. Demonic spirits came down. In 9 11, they came to town. So be ready. thousands of hours to become an astronaut. Right, Nina? Oh, I'm not an astronaut. I'm a design consultant at the Container Store. But you explore space. I help you find space with our Alpha Closet systems. And you're an expert. Pretty good at it. And you use satellites to communicate. I'm doing more virtual in-home closet designs, but I wouldn't say... We salute you, astronaut Nina, for helping us find space. You're welcome. The Alpha Sales Bonus is here. Earn up to $500 in credit now through February 7th at the Container Store, where space comes from. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. 